Yes, hello. I am James Rowlands, and today it's the WNR 502. It's NXT Deadline 2023. But I am not alone. I have a pleasure to be joined by a resident NXT expert and New Japan deity. It is, of course, Monty. How's it going, man? It's going fine. It's going fine. I'm happy to be back again. Like I said, episode 501 and 502. So I'm definitely honored. To, st- to start off the next 500, you know, try to set the tone right. But I do, re- I did cringe at the fact that I'm still considered an NXT expert <laughs> after, <laughs> after that show. But we'll Part talk about it. I don't want to spoil anything. That's but... changed. Yeah. yeah, like, we, we were experts at this point. I me- remember yesterday when we were talking about our experiences of watching the product for so Oh, yeah. <laughs> Now, I feel like if you're if you're a new listener to that show yesterday, uh, you you heard what we said and you was like, oh okay, these guys know what they're talking about. And then <laughs> you watched the deadline yep. and you was like, these guys are idiots. <laughs> they don't have a clue. Like, yeah, yeah. I agree. it's very very ironic that we were going down memory lane of just how much we watched. So that gives us the sense that we know something about this product, and then. It happened, man. Uh, so, but I did still kind of feel justified because I did suggest certain things, and we'll talk about that in a second. And <laughs> Sean did, literally did. Right. But they're just like <laughs> you can. When I listen back to that podcast, I'll be like, I, "We overthought everything." <laughs> uh, so maybe if anybody doesn't know, last yeah. night we did do our NXT update and predictions uh, for today. And I can confirm <laughs> Gina and Jaxi did send their predictions in time, even though, you know, never sure. But uh, <laughs> we'll, get <onto> that. <laughs> we'll get on to that. Let's not hang around. What better way to kick off than with kickoff? It was in studio with Mega Morant, Matt Camp and Sam Roberts. Uh, Ilya arrived, as did Baron Corbin. I always find it weird. They arrive in the kickoff. And then they arrive again in the main show. <laughs> it's like it's like magic. Brom uh, <laughs> was confident. Dijak said he's going to make everyone feel like Eddie Thorpe. I don't think that's going to come back to wow. him. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. Um, two big fights for Briggs and Henley tonight. Fuck you, Jensen. No one asked. Uh, and then we get the <laughs> kickoff match: Axiom versus Nathan Fraser. One minute into this match, after the Spirited Athletic Exchange, the first NXT chant broke out, and the commentators sold the idea of Fraser probably turning heel soon. I like his growing arrogance and frustration. Fraser nearly took the win off a superplex and then spinning a net breaker. He again nearly got him off a super kick counter to the Golden Ratio. Uh, and as Nathan Fraser closed on the win, he could not put Axiom away. The superhero caught Fraser with a top rope Spanish fly into the Golden Ratio wow. to win. Afterwards, they shook hands, and we were done already at the <laughs> kickoff show. <laughs> that was the first time. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it wasn't our night. But, uh, yeah. Monty, what do you think? Two of our personal favorites and a nice response from the crowd for both. Yeah, man, I was really, like you said, a nice response. The people were really into everything that they did, and they came out there with the pace. I think Booker T mentioned it at, at the match's end. They came out there and wrestled a match that made you feel like they both were like, no, we should be in one of these, you know, uh, you know, either survivor matches or just at least on the car, on the main car. We should not be in a kickoff match. And they they really set a nice tone, wrestled at a breakneck pace. 
uh, hitting a lot of the cues that me and you, like you said, you mentioned, we're big fans of these guys. We've seen them do this a couple of times now, even if we go all the way back to like the Heritage Cup days. And now to see they had like a best of three, best of, you know, I think it was three, but like best of five, something like that series uh, of matches what, that were really, really good uh, either earlier this year or last year or something. But uh, so, you know, they have the chemistry. And I think that's what this was. This was really, really showcasing uh, a little, a lot of that chemistry. I thought it was a really a random match, but I knew initially what the purpose of it was. It was to get the crowd going. It was to let these two guys do what they do best, just go out there and work. And uh, I was really, really shocked by the result. Like we, I mentioned in my uh, in the predictions that, you know, Axiom loses matches like this. And I guess that should be a little bit, I guess that's op, that makes you a little bit more optimistic for Axiom going forward that now maybe going into the new year, he will start to pick up victories in these situations uh, uh, because we know he has the talent in the ring, may not be, may not be asked to talk or the character work much, but I know me and you were into a little bit of some of the stuff they were doing with Axiom's uh, character. He just hasn't had that storyline since, pretty much the series. And I think I know you had the stuff with scripts, but you know what I mean? It's just like, he hasn't really had matter of fact, I think the scripts thing kind of messed up the momentum axiom had uh, <laughs> earlier this year. But, uh, you know, we thought Frazier would get the victory because of what kind of just happened to him with dragon off. But I noticed one thing that made me be like, you know what? I should have paid attention because, you know, just like him talking mess to dragon off and not being able to keep his mouth shut and him fell falling short. You know, Frazier is starting to develop a chip on his shoulder, and you can kind of can see even a couple of spots in the match. Like, yeah, that's supposed to be friends, respect, but he did. A, he started to show a little bit of signs, make certain certain facial expressions that made it seem like maybe Frazier. I think even Vic mentioned he seems to be a little bit overconfident these days, or becoming cocky. So, you know, I don't know if that's going to be a sign of things to come. He did kind of hesitate before the handshake and hug after the match, but I think it, it was still ended up showing respect, and it still ended up being a really, really impressive contest that made both guys look beautiful. I mean, look really good. Like, honestly, I don't think you can turn, come away from that match and not be impressed with both guys. Yeah, I think you're right. Most of this show is going to be us, I think, half of it explaining what we thought about the match. And explaining our <laughs> why we was wrong. <laughs> yeah. right. So, right, for my eyes, it's like Axiom stood out at last year's deadline, you know, and like you said, has done nothing in a year. We don't mention scripts around these. <laughs> uh, but again, like you said, and it's weird how it looked like Fraser was the one that actually had the story, but of course, the story is him losing to get to that point. But as you said, a showcase for what both can do. What would you score out of five? Yeah, I was really into this one. This is uh, this had the 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 way they wrestled. I mean, really had me start thinking about just some of my favorite kickoff matches that I can think of. I know for years people would say the uh, We LC was like the best kickoff match, but you're just talking about purely purely wrestling standpoint. This was really a really good match, move for move. If you just really paid attention to it, I gave it four and a quarter. I was really into it. It was a very very strong way to start this show. And also, I want to add that this is what I want. With I know you, 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 you will appreciate this. You sit through kickoffs for almost every WWE event we watch, and a lot of times, especially on the main roster lately, they have been a complete waste of time. Well, I feel like instead, you know, not that they don't need to talk up and build up the matches with some of the people so they can get last minute subscriptions or whatever the purpose of the pre-show is at this point. I feel like every pre-show, if we're gonna do it needs to at least have one match. And if you don't know, if you don't want to put story into the match, 
just let guys go out there and do what these two just did because I feel like that's better than just letting us sit there and, uh, you know, and sit through people that we don't really care about their opinions talk, you know, for most of an hour. If you're not going to give us promos or vignettes and all that, even, even vignettes, we've seen them a billion times. Oh, we're going to see them again. I like this method. At least just give us something, a uh, purpose for watching the pre-show. Yeah, I think without doubt. I think NXT does do it better than, uh, like we said, with main roster at the moment because we do get kind of more backstage interviews and stuff like that. But sometimes it's not enough for an hour. But I agree, this match is really, really good because I'm going to do it four. Uh, predictions? Well, this is the last WWE event. Uh, of course, we hit for deadline December 9th. And it is deadline probably for our NXT careers. But prediction leagues at the moment. So <laughs> after Survivor Series. WWE, as we know, Jaxi on two points. Uh, it's a surprise she got two. Jameson Monty on five. <laughs> uh, of course, Gina with the league win on seven. AEW with one AEW show left. It is uh, Jaxi and I on four. Monty and Gina on three. So there's a chance. Much like these crazy New Japan block matches, Monty and everything like that, we could have a four-way tie in AEW at the end of the year. Uh, and then, of course, wow. bon- bonus league with three bonus points left. Uh, Monty's on 16, I'm on 15, Gina on 14, Jaxi on 11, <sighs> calls deadline and Welds end. Unbelievably, this one, the experts were wrong. We went Fraser, Jaxi, Gina went Axiom. Like, what are the odds that they both go Axiom and Axiom actually wins? Like, what are the odds of it, James? This is what we're doing. This is a scientific experiment. We have <laughs> two guys who actually watch 52 weeks of NXT can be <laughs> right. two girls who have to be explained who's in each match. It's not <laughs> exactly. frustrating at all. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Great point. Oh, my goodness. Anyway, on to the main show. I'm sure Michaels wakes his way out and asks, are we ready and CM Punk music hits. And as Monty mentioned, one of the few things he did get right <laughs> last <laughs> night, CM Punk on an NXT event. Wow. Uh, Punk wearing his Bret Hart hoodie. Uh, and it's quite a nice moment to him and Sean, where he's like, well, look, Sean, you got over it like I made up with Triple H. And the best in the world, T's possibly signing with NXT instead of Raw or SmackDown. I think my favorite thing in the whole segment was Shawn Michaels thinking someone else was coming out when they played Punk's music to wrap him up. But apart <laughs> from that, it's a good way to start the show. Yeah, it was awesome. I also love Sean just being honest. I don't know if he legitimately did, but he's just like, oh, I forgot. They 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 both forgot what they were supposed to originally say. So I just love how it just turned into them just talking. And the, the segment, even the way the segment cut off, you get uh, the way to end it. You can just tell it's like, oh, they probably were meant to, to do something else, <laughs> but they just we just get to see two of like two of the greats just sitting there, and they give a hug. They gave a nice hug that seemed nice and very friendly, at least on camera, it seemed genuine. So it was really cool, awesome uh, moment. And like you said, for even even though I think neither, neither one of us think that for a second Punk will will actually sign. The NXT, just the the acknowledgement again is one of those things that what I'm talking about when I say uh, they're really they really are trying to establish NXT or at least make NXT feel like a third brand. Not so even though it is still developmental, it's still about the future. 
uh, I, I just love the fact that Punk was there and he was able to, uh, you know, at least, you know, tease the fact that he would show his face in NXT or be a NXT character. And uh, it, it's, really, it's really, really cool. And then you see on, I saw on social media him uh, getting a chance to pop up on Core Jade, someone who we know uh, wrestled. And uh, uh, Roxanne, too, for that matter. He had posted a picture with both of them. And they all wrestled because of not Punk, but also AJ. So it was just really, really cool to see him. And I would like to think that he got a chance to spend time talking to a couple of, of the young talent. So it was just awesome, an awesome moment. It was just awesome in general to have him in NXT. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, again, you wouldn't be Punk without him saying saying and him going to Sean Knight. Everybody's come up to me going, I used to watch you when I was young. So <laughs> oh, that was nice. A little bit of frustration. I should explain as well for people listening might not know because there's been a lot of, you know, uh, stuff going around, especially on Twitter, about the seating, you know, arrangement, plan, yeah. and pictures, and people saying, oh, look at CM Punk, the empty arena. Uh, they actually didn't sell any tickets for the hardcore area, much like AW shows, you know. <laughs> so that right. was blank as it was. But I still think for an NXT event, we can see like his third brand. To get that many people in there for this is still pretty impressive. Again, I understand most people are joking about seeing Punk, but the the ones that are kind of you know thinking it's real, wait to the new right. year. <laughs> right, and they're building something, man. They're building, you know. And I think that's the beautiful beauty of NXT. NXT is building uh, that that feeling back. You know, you you know, just like I know, you know, when they were selling out Barclays or just doing, uh, like when I was in uh, New Orleans and all of that for takeovers, they're trying to get back to that stage. And I think, uh, you know, with the run that they've been on, with the way that the certain decisions that's been made, they they seem like they're right out on the right track. Yeah, I think without doubt. We'll move on. Up next, North American title, Dirty Dom versus Dragon Lee. And Dragon Lee's dad, Ray, joined the commentary. And he didn't know this should be <laughs> Wesley's spot. But, of course, Wesley was injured and Dragon Lee took it, as he does with everything. The X-Gong hit the three amigos on Dragon and refused to take the free count. Lucha, at that point, I'm thinking, hang on a minute. But Luchador caught Dirty Dom in a tree of woe outside the ring, sent him to the floor with a gnarly double foot stomp. And Dirty Dom was too focused on Ray at ringside throughout his total match. Dragon Lee made him play with a Tilted World DDT and your new NXT North American champion, Dragon Lee. Uh, Monty, what do you think of this? Because this is, I mean, even the crowd didn't react how I thought they would for the end of Dirty Dom's reign. Is it just because of everything that went down? Yeah, I think uh, it was all, it was sudden. Even though he did hit his finish, I don't think anyone expected uh, it's an end because, like you mentioned, the way things went down, uh, you heard the chance at the beginning of the match. That crowd really wanted to see Mommy or probably had an expectation that Rhea Ripley would be there. I'm pretty sure that me and you considered something like that for the predictions. You know what I mean? Because, uh, you know, every time so far, Dom has basically tried to do it alone, even though he's wrestling his ass off. And I think he's improved leaps and bounds. And him and, him and Dragon Lee, by the way, their chemistry – Man, they, I, it's funny. I, you wouldn't assume it, and I think that's that's a testament to just how much better Dominic has gotten. But yeah, man, I didn't, I, I didn't have that on my bingo card when Dragon Lee came to NXT. That it seemed like a lot of that a couple of his best matches would be with Dominic, but it really were. And uh, I thought the match itself, the way they wrestled, 
was really, really good. I, w- I was into it. I loved the commentary of Booker T basically burying Rey Mysterio to his face <laughs> to put over Dominic and, and talk about how Dominic achieved way more than Ray at that stage in his career than Ray has, which, you know, I guess, you know, I guess it's true when you think about it. But to be honest, uh, this was, uh, like you said, it was definitely shocking the crowd. I don't think was expecting it the way it happened. And like you would expect, like you expect the crowd to just be in going insane when he loses the belt. And I, like I said, I was under the, if Wesley was in this spot, I probably would have picked West because it just would have made sense because how many times can, can Wesley get screwed in this situation? But I thought since they went back to Dragon Lee, that probably should have rolled out with Dominic a little bit longer, but uh, and I'm, I'm assuming maybe some of the crowd was expecting more, uh, some shenanigans, maybe even a little bit longer of a match because I thought they were they were building still even when the finish happened. So it was kind of it was kind of sudden. I feel like, and I think that's why the crowd seemed like they kind of you know what I mean fell off there. Well, this is what I'm saying. It, it's one of the weirdest things I've seen where the crowd knew Dom would win and he lost. Like right. again, even we've talked about recently with Miz. And Gunther, like that crowd <laughs> believed for a second. This crowd didn't and got a total change. And that's what <laughs> happens. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Weird. That's, very, that's a good point. It's a very good point. I think no one was really expecting the change. And then, like you said, you got almost the complete opposite scenario. So it just came off kind of awkward. I'm happy for Dragon Lee because I do know he's deserving. He's a great wrestler. Uh, and again, this is another thing about what I was saying about the main roster. I think that's another reason why, like when he kind of got fast tracked to SmackDown, we thought, oh, okay, well, they're probably not even going to worry about giving him a championship. And all I have to say is the way that North American championship now has been just basically adopted, not onto the main roster necessarily, but main roster guys are allowed to get it. If I'm solo Sokoa, I'm just going to pop up on Raw and attack Adam Pierce one day. Because he probably would still be North American champion if it wasn't for yeah, him yeah, making him what? give the belt back. And the thing is, though, who, how do we know that the title's not going to change hands on NXT? We're very A hundred percent. I mean, like, again, and and that would make me mad because that we, we we've seen this, we've seen this. Like that's what they did the trick. So I, I, I'm with you, but I, 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 would prefer, I would prefer for them to at least try to wrap this decision out or play into some judgment that, like, Dominic should be mad. Like, where's the – and I saw a YouTube clip again. I saw a backstage promo, I'm assuming, is when they did that. And Dominic was. He was asking the question. He's like, where was mommy? I'm going to go home to mommy because this, this is not – where was judgment day? He didn't know what was going on. So, I, you know, I'm confused. Dom's confused. <laughs> the crowd was confused. So, yeah. But the thing is – Again, <laughs> wouldn't it make more sense storyline wise for Ray to be in Dragon's Corner when he fought Santos? You know, the guy that injured him, Ra- rather than just. It's a really good because, point. Just because he doesn't like And that just happened Friday, right? <laughs> yeah, like, just yeah, on Friday. Friday. Like, Dragon had no support. <laughs> Ray, we know you don't like Dom. We know you like rubbing it in his face, <laughs> right? But again, 24 hours previously, you should have done that. Mm-hmm. Um. This is crazy. Uh, like I said, what the fuck do we know when it comes to anything? <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> uh, what the fuck? Uh, what would you score this out of five anyway? Again, I thought they were. Uh, I thought this match could have entered another gear, so I would probably cap it about three and three quarters. But I thought they were really doing something nice with the time that they had. Like I said, I probably would have wanted to go a little bit longer, maybe Dominic to at least get a couple false finishes where he screwed, almost like screwed 
uh, dragging Lee out of himself because that's another thing. Like it shouldn't as up with Dominic's formula. I think eventually he's gonna have to be able to cheat himself, not just have the help. And I think they could have they could have pulled the trigger here at least with a false finish of him almost screwing Dragon Lee by himself. But you know. Uh, again, I, like I said, I don't think it was a bad match at, by any estimation, but I, I would probably cap it at three and three quarters. Yeah, I've gone four for it. Not a bad match at all. Predictions, we all went dumb. So the experts on Zilch and the girls were on one. And the Women's Iron Survivor Challenge rules. Well, two individuals start every five minutes, new competitor, and a 25 time limit with most falls to win. Of course, it's Tiffany Stratton, Blair Davenport, Kalana Jordan, Lash Legend, and Fallon Henley. We get Davenport and Henley opening match, followed by Tiffany Stratton at three. Henley was double-teamed by Stratton and Davenport, setting up Davenport to steal the first fall from Stratton on Henley. When the bar owner returned to the action, she ran down the center of the universe and pinned her with a shining wizard. Kalana Jordan came out in four, while Lesh Legend was last in. That point, Blair moved to two points, pinning Henley. Legend coming fast and planting Henley on Stratton to take two points. At this point, I was getting excited, Monty. I'm not going to lie to you. Now, no, she looked great. Against, uh, like Lash came in dominant, man. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she, only Roman Reigns has double st- stacked, you know, in the past three years. So, anyway, Dar, Mensa, and Jackson blocked the door when Stratton and Henley tried to leave the penalty box. They escaped through the top before they sent the universe sent arrival through the announce table slowly. Stratton got a late decision with a pretty smooth start on Legend but she missed hitting Jordan to get a second. And it was Davenport who managed to get the winning fall over Jordan, even though Lash, who had just been sent to the penalty box, chased her with seconds left. So the final scores was Blair 3, Lash 2, James 0. What were your thoughts on this? Because there was a lot going on. I thought it was quite a quiet first 10 minutes until the first pin, and then it kind of picked up. Yeah, I agree. I think, uh, like you said, it started off uh, rather slow. Uh, even though I think, like you said, it picked up. Got it really started to get interesting to me when Tiffany entered and uh, they were doubling uh, Fallon, and then she turned on Blair. It's like, oh, okay, yeah, there we go. And then like they really started to do some uh, interesting things. I really love a couple of like, like you said, the Last Legend. Everything Last Legend did in this match, she looked awesome. Like the like it was a couple of the double suplex into like you said into her choke slam, power bomb, and the choke slam, and then the the uh the uh play the spot where she basically had two girls, one on the front, one on the back, and then she gets drop kicked, and then Tiffany came in with another spot. Like they have some really interesting. They put it together a really really fun match for the most part with some exciting moments in it. Uh, and like you mentioned, uh, like you said uh earlier, I think the only thing that kind of cost me, and I, I I mentioned this yesterday when it comes to predictions, is I figured that. The Stratton and Henley thing, I figured they were kind of counseling each other out. And I said, did Shawn Michaels throw us a curveball with Blair Davenport? And that's exactly what, what they what they did with the Nikita Lions thing, throwing us off, making me feel like something that we'll talk about in a second. I thought that would be happening <laughs> to Blair in this situation, uh, what we'll be talking about in the, in the other Iron Survivor match uh, later. But... Uh, that didn't happen, and uh, Blair, you know, played it smart. Even though I thought Lash could have pinned, I think so. I think Fallon or someone was in the ring 
uh, but when she went to chase after Blair, and instead of chasing Blair, she should have tried to uh, pin whoever that was down in the ring. I just forget exactly who it was. But again, Kaylani had uh, the nice for 50 splash, had some nice moments. So again, I thought every woman in this match got a chance to shine. And now that now that we're on to like the third ever, like this is like the third time I've seen the Iron Survivors match, I'm really falling in love with this concept. And again, we'll talk about the the, the men's one. And uh, and I'll put it over even more, but like I feel like this is a concept that they can they can lean on going forward, man. They really put together a solid uh, match. The only problem like I have is maybe that finish uh, with the chase. It was supposed to be more dramatic than it actually ended up being. I feel like I don't know if the timing was just off because they was running out of time, but I thought everybody worked hard. I thought it ended up being a really really good match, and I think overall I I still would at that at this point in the show. This was my favorite match because it was just real nice and dramatic. I thought everybody looked good here, you know. And uh, I, again, four and a half, I think, would probably be overall what I would leave it at. But yeah, I, I was really, really into this. I was kind of bummed out about Tiff, but I kind of told you uh, yesterday that I, we probably are making a mistake, ignore, uh, not getting Blair. But hey, I, I can't be too mad at the situation. It, it ended up being positive. Because like I told you yesterday, Lyra versus Blair does seem like a smart next feud uh, for the champions. Yeah, I think about that. Like I said, it was a nice first couple of minutes between Blair and Henley. Jordan twatted herself into the announce table with Tiffany taking that metaphor as well. I would have a change to the match, yeah. though. And that would have the match clock ca- counting down rather than up yeah. to 25. Because I agree, I agree. If you don't know, then you're going, where the fuck are you going to? You're just confused, you up to right. Over, yeah. I agree. At least you could do that. Yeah, like started at 25 long. minutes, and then like the last person come in with 15, would it be 15 minutes left, I believe, the last yeah. person come in, or 10, yeah, yeah, 10 minutes left or something. Yeah, 10 minutes left, I think. So yeah, uh, yeah, I agree. I agree with that. Let it count down so you can add yeah. to the dramatics of, and have like a big Royal Rumble-like countdown at the end. What's exactly? 10-minute warning, 5-minute warning, 2-minute warning, and then, like I said, the count from 10. Uh, yeah. yeah, four and a quarter for me. I thought it was good. Uh, like, Lash really impressed me in this. I know she's only... Yeah, she, was, she looked little awesome. Bits. Uh, but, again, even, like, someone like Henley, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. but p- predictions? I mean, God damn it. We were talking... I should have gone Blair. I went Lash, and I thought... Yeah. Really I thought they... You had the opportunity to switch. And then did that. (laughs) Yeah, but I think they did Lash that way just to fuck me over. I agree. (laughs) Why Lash? I wouldn't have been... She she wrestled... That was so well done that if she won that match, I don't think anyone would have complained. Like, that's how how great it was. Like, she she looked really, really good. And Tiffany, again, even even though she lost, like, some of the stuff Tiffany do... It's just like she is so naturally good. Like she did. I've seen this spot done by many women over the years. You know the cartwheel, like into the. Mm. So many gymnasts are just like women from even back in the divas era would do that spot, and Tiffany did that spot and almost flipped, almost vaulted over the top rope. Like that's how explosive she was, and I was like, she is insanely good. They like spinning Alabama slam type thing, and I was like. Wow, how like how special Tiffany is! It just shows you, even when she's not winning or the focus, she still shines in this in these scenarios. But yeah, man, congrats to Blair, and I'm, I'm with you. Like Lash, I wouldn't have been mad at all. Like I was worried. I was legitimately sitting there, like, oh my goodness, he switched and got it right. But yeah, yeah they, they they did you wrong, man. <laughs> yeah. But again, like I said, it's nice for a match to have all five going into it and coming out with a little bit of something 
extra now, you know. And like we yeah. talk about that when we get to the men's match as well. Uh, so I went for Lash. The rest went for Tiffany. So it still means the girls were on one. The experts have got fuck all. <laughs> the winner called out Liar Valkyria, who was ready to face off with Davenport. But Cora Jade arrived to attack the champion. Ugh. Hold up the NXT championship. You see, I was right about saying. We were right about two things, Monty. It would be yeah. Punk and Cora Jade. And that's it. We can finish the show now. <laughs> that's... 100%. 100%. And it's so awesome, by the way. To see her back, you know, it's been a few months. Uh, like I mentioned her uh, uh, multiple times on the pod yesterday about them building a women's division. And we talked about Roxy and, uh, you know, we'll talk about her some more later. But, you know, it's kind of hard. I remember uh, not too long ago, but before we had the rise of Lyra and, you know, Tiffany, you know, those were the two, Cora and Roxy. So to have Cora back to kind of, can solidify herself and finally put herself in that title picture. I'm looking for her to do big things next year uh, in NXT. And, uh, you know, starting this Wednesday when she uh, makes her official return and all of that. But, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to what they decide to do with Cora J now that she's back. Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, backstage, Carmella Hayes tells Trick Williams that he has the men's Iron Survivor Challenge. Williams tells him to take care of Alexis King, which Hayes doesn't seem to like leading to Carmella Hayes versus Lexis King. Uh, Hayes got aggressive with King early on, leaving the hill on the back foot and two through Mello outside and blasted him on the still steps. King demanded Mello shake his hand. He did late in the match, but then threw up the middle finger and headbutt to his opponent. Finally, Mello found his conviction and planted King with nothing but net. Afterwards, King talked to Mello, saying he didn't attack Trick Williams, but appreciate the premium live event spotlight. How does that affect Mello? <laughs> I don't know, but surely Trick would be more pissed off by this. Um, but I, I don't know right. about you, but I don't feel that this kind of hit right. What were your thoughts? Yeah, uh, the match itself, like I came away looking at it as a, a pretty decent showcase for what King can do. He had a, a couple moments in there. There was a couple spots where I was like, okay, it's pretty good, but other than that, like you said, it was pretty uh, normal. I wouldn't say un- I wouldn't say forgettable, but just wasn't really like like you said anything to latch yourself onto. And then after the match, to kind of say that it wasn't him, and then you wonder, and then like I'm one of those. I, I actually kind of appreciated it because I wasn't really used to it to, to like to for someone to actually only be do- being a douchebag or insert themselves into someone's business for attention. It's 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 a it's real like you said scumbag it's it's like oh man it's trash it's stupid uh it's stupid from that sense but it works because he is trying to be a scumbag pretty much so I don't mind that explanation especially since he confirmed that he didn't do it finally but I do think they're running the risk I, we mentioned this the other day and I I think I think uh something that happened later and I we'll talk about it but. I think that they're gonna they're figuring out now that they're probably gonna have to eventually they're gonna have to pull this trigger on what they're gonna do with the whether it's about Melo at this point because now it's really starting to look like Melo if Lexus just go ahead and flat out say no he had anything, <laughs> nothing to do with it now so it's pretty hard to deny it. like you said I don't know how I know Trick is focused on other things and maybe that's how he can ignore that but you know yeah but besides that besides that fact the match itself like you said I'm with you it was kind of disjointed I guess. Uh, even though I kind of understood what they were trying to do uh, with the match. 
Do you think um, NXT Anonymous will have a new clip for us on <laughs> the next NXT about another wrestler walking? Who knows? But um, I felt it was a bit of a shame oh, because when, <laughs> when Mello comes out, it has like this Johnny feel at NXT PLE yeah. now. You know, we kind of know right. what Mello Big match. Mm-hmm. As the king, this was his biggest stage. I mean, I can't remember a singles match in AEW that was like this. So... For your first match at PLE to be against someone like Carmelo is a huge step up, you know. Yeah. And um, like I said, maybe it did fall a little bit flat. But I guess they weren't in cahoots, which is annoying. Nope. No cahoots. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, again, the magic... they planned the seeds for this to be really, really unique. And I think that kind of took the way this ended kind of took away from the uniqueness of the story. But again, you know, I, like I said, uh, I think as far as the King goes, I don't think this hurt him in the long run either. You know what I mean? It did it established what he's willing to go to for go through for attention. So you at least got that. Yeah, no, I think you're right. Uh, what would you score out of five? Uh, I'm uh, I'm gonna go put it. I'm gonna say it's around three and three quarters. Like again, I thought the work was pretty good, and you're 100 percent right again about uh, Peelman because the only ma- singles match before this I can even think of was him. I think getting killed by like Wardlow. So yeah, and again, people will be <laughs> like, well, you know, it was not AEW's fault. He was in other promotions, but let's see now. Hopefully, they can move on with saying. I would be surprised with Lexus King. He'd be a perfect guy to have like a big guy. You know, as his backup. Yeah. Do you know oh, what I mean? Yes. Just that kind uh-huh. of. Uh, we'll see what happens there, and of course with Mello, uh, prediction. I went three and three quarters as well, but predictions we all went for King, so it means the girls are on one, the experts are on zero. After four, Monty, we haven't got a fucking point. It was I was miserable, man. As far as I just kind of stopped thinking about predictions after by this point. I think you mentioned that uh, on your initial rock, you just, after the last latest day, you were just like, yeah, I'm I'm done for now. I'm (laughs) I'm going to sleep or whatever. And I'm just like, yeah, I just gave, I was like, well, I don't even care about predictions. (laughs) Let me just try to enjoy the show. (laughs) Because it's obviously not my night. So, yeah, man, we started off horrendously. (laughs) I I can't remember another event where, especially both of us started and continued so badly. Right. Uh, <laughs> Cora J. Especially NXT, man. Yeah, you know AEW, I, mean? I can understand. Yeah, I get it. I don't, like, you know what I mean? But come on, man. I understand Extreme Rules or, or something like that, but not, not Deadline. But again, uh, yeah. Cora J says people aren't happy she's back, but she gave them four months off. She'll be back on Tuesday. Vengeance Day will be on Sunday, February 4th. We also saw Trick Williams being proud of Kamala Hayes, who tells him uh, to win tonight, or Hayes does to trick. So we get the Men's Iron Survivor Challenge, which is Dijak v. Bate v. Trick v. Briggs v. Brom. And Dijak is at number one, and Josh Briggs is at number two. Feast Your Eyes gives Dijak the first fall. Tyler Bate is at number three. Briggs comes back in after go, uh, to go after Dijak. One heck of a clothesline gives Briggs the pin on Dijak. Dijak is back in. He gets rolled up by Bate for the pin. Trick Williams is it at four. The fans go banana as Williams runs over everyone. We get very long airplane spin, complete with Bate putting his hands on his hips. I don't think for me personally, there's more of a, like an impressive move. I always remember Cesaro with Rollins a couple of years ago. Uh, and even though Bate wouldn't hold him up too long, 
Still so impressive. Pinning trick. Dijek gets to run over some people till Brom Breaker is in at number four. Five even. The Spear pins Briggs. Another pin Spate. And another pins Dijak. A huge Williams dive takes everyone out. But Dijak big boots him for the pin. Breaker is back up with a super Frankenstein to send Dijak into a Tyler Driver from Bate who gets a pin. Briggs and Dijak get up and start cleaning the house. Hitting stereo moonsaults for stereo pins on Breaker and Williams. And at this point, Breaker's on three, Bates on three, Dijak three, Briggs two, Williams on zero. Less than a minute and a half to go. Trick is being speared through the barricade and it looked like he was done. Or was he? <laughs> I've got to tell you, I don't think I've seen a crazier minute and a half. Williams rolls Briggs up for a fast pin at 23.49. Feast your eyes hits Williams, but here is Eddie Thorpe to jump Dijak instead. Williams steals a cover for the pin on Dijak at 24.29. Williams then rolls up bait for the pin at 24.40. And just when it looks like Brunt Breaker is going to hit the spear and win, Trick somehow knees Breaker in the face and gets the pin at 24.57. To win four falls to three overall. The crowd went absolutely mental. I mean, Monty, what a moment, not only for Trick, for, for the NXT universe, but just for, like you said, as a match concept, worked perfectly. Yeah, man, this was this was really good, man. This was special. And it was to the point to where after this, I don't necessarily know. You could tell the crowd. After after how just how into this match they became, the crowd kind of was just like def not deflated, but like the energy was different after this match. But to get into the match, like you said, man, this was just really well done. This is the re this this one I like the women's one a lot, but this one really confirmed to me that I'm like, okay, yeah, this concept is definitely here to stay, or it could be, especially if they can continue to do stuff like this. Uh, the way, like you said, the way Trick kind of just took the brunt of everyone's attacks pretty much for most of the match and then just kind of had to go into another mode there at the end and win it and the way it was done the like i said if you want to be a nitpick person nitpick person and be like ah he got speared through a barricade you know what i mean like why you know where's the ceiling i can say the same thing for braun breaker he got choked down through a table he was back up <laughs> in less than like two yeah, minutes so but hey you know yeah Right, you know, hey, it had to happen. I mean, that's just the way the spot was set up. So if you want to sneak peek and say, "Oh man, that was that was not really well done," I, you know, whatever. I disagree, though. I I think everything about this match is really, really cool. You know, like you said, Bate looked great. He didn't look like he was just there. You know, he fit right in, even with all the bigger guys in there. I didn't even think Briggs looked half bad at times. He really uh showed that he is someone who can definitely stand alone if given the time. But, yeah, this match, man, was all about Trick. Those people, they wanted Trick Williams to win. And, uh, you know, uh, and Braun also, like I said, Braun, my two favorites going into this match was Breaker and Trick. And I feel like those guys, you can't tell me Braun Breaker is not ready for the next level, man. Honestly, <laughs> like, like, he was doing certain things in there where I'm like, speed, oh, my God. The speed of Right, the explosiveness, like, man. Yeah. Like, he just, yeah, man. And he did like a, uh, the, the, like a, 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 a a fallaway slam where he flipped moonsault off the top rope and it's just like what the hell is like again Braun is ready I don't care what anyone says especially since we know he's pretty much done it all in NXT 
they need to go ahead and pull the trigger. Maybe they're waiting for a night after Mania debut or something, but I don't know. Breaker is ready. That's the that's the only thing I I can guarantee. I think we can agree there. But Trick Williams, the hottest man in the match, hottest man pretty much in NXT. If you're just going off the reactions that he's getting and just the way and the way they executed that finish, man, it was just beautiful. You know, it made sense. Like I told you, Eddie Thorpe been getting tortured. I can't blame him for wanting to get Dijak back, even though to be honest. He he probably should get he got he he owes Joe Coffee something he owes he owes a lot of people to get back after the last few weeks to be honest but yeah man I loved him uh, kind of doing that and setting up uh, the the pretty much the breakneck finish that we had there and uh, man it was just really really unique whoever came up with that and the way it was executed I thought was a genius way to wrap up this match and you could just tell by the way the crowd reacted to it. That was not only the right decision to give the victory the trick, the way it was done was perfect, you know. And I just think, honestly, this was a really, really good match. And I, like I said, I'm down with every year throwing five more people into this scenario if they can make it as exciting as this one. Oh, it, this was whoever booked this, booked it perfectly, you know. Yeah. Like from, the, from the very first minute, even when Dijak got the form within the first five, you thought this is going to be different to the other ones. Right, and it just built and built and built. My only complaint, and again, I've got one complaint. It seemed like mm-hmm. Trick pinned about five times. Yeah, like, that's he took so exactly many pins, that. man. You know, <laughs> but again, to all five to come out like Briggs look great. You know, the best he has done. Right. There's no doubt. Uh, Bait, like you said, looked like the old Tyler. Brom was a monster, and again, just to elaborate on that point, the thing with Brom going to main roster once he goes there, it will be a John Cena. Brand York, oh man, hell yeah! Do you know what I mean? Challenging, Mm -hmm. you know, Cody the next night, or or, do you know what I mean? Or or something like that. Like literally. So once they go with him, they'll have to go. There's no doubt. But but one of the pleasant surprises watching NXT this amount of time, especially together, is this journey of Trick and this kind of, you know, not being shoved down anybody's throat. This has been so kind of like I don't know. Do you know what I mean? It is a genuine journey, like natural to get to this organic organic that's what i'm looking for man Um, yeah and again you're right this should have been the main event because everybody was waiting for trick like talk about a main (laughs) event level pop when he came out and whoop that trick you know everybody loves doing it there's no fucking doubt the crowd lapped it up you know really man really good stuff like this match was was brilliant you know Right, he felt special. Uh, he feels like he just feels like they got they got the total package there. And like you said, it was just one of those things that you couldn't even see coming. I kind of felt proud of him and Last Legend when you really to, just to be honest, because I thought they both kind of like were the were the shining stars of their matches, and I think they kind of hit it out the park with their athleticism. And like you said, the only thing is that, like you said, maybe they could have protected Trick a little bit more because I I understood they wanted to kind of make a beautiful comeback story. But he did kind of get beat a lot, you <laughs> know. And like honestly, I was like, I mean, I don't know about you, but if you remember, I think he went into the penalty box at like twenty three minutes or twenty two minutes, and I'm like, he he only had like one or zero falls, and I'm like, we are really bad tonight. Like I really was convinced <laughs> that, that Tyler one, or Dijak or something. Yeah, I was like, I was really convinced that we really screwed up, and like we did, we was horrible, but. They, that made it even better, you know, to just kind of add a little bit of our prediction element into it to finally get something <laughs> right and then it be 
Trick Williams doing it like that. Like, I was over the moon, man. And uh, you're 100% right. The whoop that trick chant and just, just how popular and just how just special he seems right now. I, I just feel like, man, I don't know, man. I'm not trying to say I would ever, I would book him to beat Dragunov uh, so soon. But you can't tell me he doesn't feel like a future NXT champion right now. Like, just that's just how over he feels right now. And I don't know thing, if I would have said that last year. But they've got it set up, you know. And again, you've got New Year's Evil now, which mm-hmm. um, Trick's going to face champion. At that point, like you talk about, you expect the trigger to be pulled with Melo to have that, mm-hmm. to lead right. to Vengeance Day between the two, which would be another main event. And then if Trick can get that done, Standard Deliver versus the year, you know, and again, dragging off at that point would have the, what, six-month run or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. He's ready for the main yeah. roster as well. Also, uh, that, yep, yeah, I agree. Like, you could argue he could go up and challenge Gunther at any point uh, and be my mm-hmm. favorite. <laughs> you know? Right. But uh, again, uh, so Trick, and Trick is 6'5", you know, like even yeah. about it, the size he is, to be the fan favorite is... Like I said, it's Vincent Mann's wet dream. It's like <laughs> having that personality and everything, working with Melo, yeah. uh, it has just been perfect. What would you score that out of five, Lo? Um, Yeah, overall, I would give it five out of five. And I think to kind of piggyback back off that last point, you saw the, you see the star power, you see the potential. I think a lot of these 2.0 guys, when they when they were trying to switch that 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 uh, that image. You saw the the potential or why they would try to invest money in some of these people, even with Last Legend. Like we said, she towers over the entire women's division, even on the main roster, pretty much. You know, outside of maybe a real Ripley, you know, but even in height, she still would probably she would tower over them. You know, so again, uh, it's just when you you saw that, but they need they were out there too soon. A lot of them, a lot of those people were told told to go out there and try to have matches and try to be entertaining all at the same time a little bit too soon but when they got when they have time to build uh uh to, on their in-ring work to build on their character work and you look at where we are now and just how like you said how special trick feels uh but yeah this is my match of the night by far five stars i was into it i loved it not only because it was one of the first things uh i got right but it's just literally was just like you said from the beginning to the end it felt very, very special. And again, it made me fall. It made me really be like, okay, every year I might be, I'm going to be in December. I'm going to be looking forward to some Iron Survivor situations because I think uh, they really hit it out the park with this. And I don't know if I was, I don't know. When we first watched the concept, I don't know about you, but for me, I don't think I was as sold on this as a match concept. I thought it was cool. Something trying something new, but I think this one really made me be like, okay, no, this has the potential to be exciting every year. I don't know if they can make it as exciting as this one was. I don't know if it's just because of how good Trick is right now, but this match was really good, man. And uh, it was it was smart, too, because even the Eddie Thorpe thing made sense. So I, I loved it. Yeah, without a doubt. You know, I'm going to give it four and three quarters out of five. Like I said, the match type itself last year, we just lost war games. So it's difficult to come yeah. that and get used to a new one. But like I said, everything worked perfectly here. And the thing I loved about it as well was like, the fact we had like over... 10 pinfalls so it wasn't like (laughs) moments it was yeah you know it was so many moments (laughs) Uh, very very good stuff predictions we all went trick apart from gina who went die jack so thank fuck she went die jack (laughs) you know in in a way right (laughs) 
Our first points, Monty. Did you think our first points would be for the fifth match here, eh? Who would have <laughs> no way. That? No way, man. No way. Jesus Christ. Uh, Brooks Jensen tries to cheer up Josh Briggs and Fallon Henley. And like, much like me, can't be fucking interested in him. <laughs> Metaphor comes in. And, of course, a fight breaks out because who doesn't want to punch Brooks Jensen? Gary <laughs> James is dri- driving, driven even from the W headquarters to the arena. First, still that was a bad sign. Versus Roxanne Perez <laughs> doesn't get any better for us. It really. I'm going. Why did they put this match here? You know, why put them after the Iron Survivor? <gasps> I don't know. Um, Kiana Jones went for a steel chair, which Roxanne Perez stole from her. And Izzy Dame, isn't that the name you mentioned yesterday, Monty? Yep. Showed up, blasted the prodigy with a steel cage door, set up <sighs> James to hit the deal breaker for the victory. Um, oh my, my god, god what the fuck is this? Like, I don't care. I don't care what anybody says. No. I agree. I agree. I'm someone who actually can see the potential in Kiana, and I still am just like this. I don't understand the booking of, of Roxy at this point. I just don't. I don't get it. I don't know how you go from just feeling like top of the, the class. And I, like, it's a such thing as being a little too giving, if you see what I'm trying to say. You know, and, uh, like, I think, I think it's a similar thing with, like, Melo. We talked about it, big match moments. We we're used to Roxy and Melo being in these situations now, and you see that they didn't want to be so giving for Melo. They didn't give. They weren't giving enough to let him lose the Lexus there. You know, even though Melo has done everything you can do, pretty much. Uh, you know, uh, and but Roxy on the other hand has to suffer here, and you know, again. I, like I said, the signs were there. Izzy did did out of nowhere. I don't know why she does. She just I don't know. She just loved Kiana that much. I don't even understand. That's another thing. It'd be nice if we could have seen hints other than her just being the ra- a random person who because like she just seemed very very random. Even the pop when she initially she, did it, you can tell the crowd like who the hell is this? It's the opposite <laughs> of the Tony Storm thing where we're expecting everybody's expecting the woman to interfere in Tony Storm. He doesn't. Right. And then this one is like, oh, she did. Oh, she did. Know. Exactly. Right. That's a that's a great reference. I like that. Because you're right. You know, you're going into the other situation thinking about the Mar- Mariah popping up, and she didn't. But in this situation, this girl who is seen who just keeps popping up randomly, uh, she popped up again. <laughs> and I don't even understand why she hates Roxy so much, but she does. Or she loves Kiana enough to hate Roxy with her. It, it, again, I, I'm with you, man. It's the wrong decision. As much as I think I do see the potential, I just feel like it's a such thing as being too giving. Like at the end of the day, Roxy should have been the last person, the, uh, the last uh, woman standing in this scenario. And I think, honestly, I, I don't know about you. I'm I'm pretty sure we probably, it seems like we may get it, at least a, a, a continuation of this feud to New Year's Eve. And I don't know if I'm really down with that because honestly, I, I wanted this to be the end. You know what I mean? I wanted this cage. I thought, like we said, you, and you, you did, you said it too. Cage match is supposed to be the end of these things. <laughs> and it seems like we're going to get more. Just because Rox is on a different level to Kiana, doesn't mean you have to knock rocks down. Right. You, you, you build others up. We talk about Tiffany. We talk about Valkyra. Uh, mm-hmm. It's weird with Roxy. It seems since, like I said, Lyra and Tiffany Stratton, she is just, like, not thought about. And again, trying it's to get her over. Uh, I just I don't understand. I just don't get it. Me either. Um, out of five. Again, both tried. But yeah. it's not the position to be on the card. You know, even, no. ha- even have Lyra in a triple threat match against these two. 
and then build a steel cage match for New Year's Evil. I agree. Also, you know, do yeah. good things. Yeah, that's sure. another thing. You need stakes. Prick. Stakes may have made this a little bit better. I agree there. Yeah, stakes, like some type of title stakes or something, yeah. could have made this better. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so out of five, I'm going to give this a three and a half because I'm... Yeah. I agree. Same score here. Uh, predictions. We all went Perez, apart from Gina, who went... How? So, exactly. Like, how, so laugh at her for going Dijak. Dijak. But she goes Keanu. Like, she she well, knew Keanu. She knew Axiom would win. Like, what the hell, man? So at the moment... And she probably can't tell you who Keanu... If I showed you... No. If I put a, a picture of Keanu in the group chat... And ask who this is. I, I, she probably wouldn't know. No, uh, I'm not no. hurt at all, though. I'm not no, hurt no, at no, all. No, no, it doesn't sound it. I mean, it doesn't sound it. Uh, <laughs> predictions like we talk about, it means Jackson Jr. on two and oh, experts dude. after six are on one. <laughs> See, I don't think there's been a worse score. You know it's bad when you're begging for, for them to be like, maybe they pick Corbin. <laughs> <laughs> you probably win. How can you win on two or three points? Especially on a seven-inch yeah. card. I'm no, sorry. man, that's bad. That's a great point. That's how bad we did, man. Come on. So, wow, uh, one out of six. Yeah, they got three. No, <laughs> <laughs> no. Whoa. Uh, we preview the men's breakout tournament, and we head to the main event, which is the NXT Championship, Leah Dragunov versus Baron Corbin. Corbin came out on a motorcycle with a Hellboy-inspired Titantron. He oh, was okay. like, you can have your motorbike. I'm coming out as a fire-eating dragon. <laughs> it's <like>, yeah. <laughs> I think we won, below, we won entrance of the night. <laughs> right. Uh, to be fair, Corbin took control beating on the ribs of the Dragunov, but the Mad Dragon wouldn't break. I did get a bit distracted because I noticed that um, Baron Corbin's upper body looks like a face. His tummy button is the face. Or the mouth, as we say. So next time you're watching, have a look. Obviously, nipples arise. Uh, back to the title match. <laughs> See, this is how invested I was into this matchup. Uh, the former Lone Wolf mocked the Mad Dragon with a hug for planting him with Urunagi. Uh, like I said, Dragunov sold his ribs throughout the match, having trouble lifting Corbin and hurt himself on a diving senton. Corbin countered Torpedo Moscow with a deep six, then planted the Mad Dragon with an inverted fireman's carry slam into a brain bust for near fall. Just before the finish, Dragunov hugged Corbin and whispered sank in his ear. Uh, he hit him with three H-bombs and a Torpedo Moscow. <laughs> just, to, just to make sure. You know, like, right. the one H-bomb, probably get the job done. But as you talk about, Baron did deserve it. Uh, and then right at the end, after the match, Trick Williams came out to signal his intent for the NXT Championship with Carmella Hayes following slowly behind. Mm -hmm. Before we talk about that, let's talk about the match. And would you believe Baron Corbin has some fans? It's crazy. Right? But I, I know he's doing well uh, for himself in NXT, but I, I guess that's a pure testament to that, you know, uh, because, uh, yeah, you definitely can tell me that a few years back when everyone was sick of Corbin. But to be fair, he was saddled with a lot of miss. I think a lot, I think in his case, his, he might get that baby face run before me is, before, before you know, like before that, before the, uh, you have to wait so long for the Miz to get respect. He might get it sooner because of just the, the amount of shit he has. 
he's had to deal with when it comes to characters. But anyway, uh, yeah, man, I thought this was pretty cool. You know, I didn't have a problem with it. I thought this went pretty much how I expected it to go. You know, they had a, a – I thought Corbin got a lot, a lot of offense in. I was more surprised. But I wasn't expecting him to get squashed, especially when you go outside. You know, big guy, a big guy like Corbin probably wasn't going to get – just absolutely destroyed. But Dragunov definitely did more than enough, to, in my opinion, for him to make Corbin pay. And I thought this was a really good match, uh, even if it probably wasn't like, you know, you know, a classic main event. I thought it was a, a solid to really good championship match. And, uh, you know, I think Dragunov, like you said, those extra H-bombs, honestly, I, I, honestly, I'm surprised he stopped at three, to be fair, because, he gave, you know, he gave Frazier three. But he did get, like you said, he gave him an extra torpedo on top. So, you know, he, he definitely still had to uh, let your Corbin know that, you, again, you don't do that to uh, to uh, Dragunov. But, yeah, man, I thought this was an uh, impressive match nonetheless. Uh, a pretty uh, solid match to continue Dragunov's reign, you know, uh, uh, on top of NXT. So, yeah, I had no problems with it. Yeah, I can't wait till the crowd really get behind that like, yeah, with the when he hits the torpedo Moscow with the ooh knee zig bar. Like the bar yeah. at the end and then running towards every time he does it, I'm like Corey Graves on the Kinshasa. Yeah. <laughs> 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 <But> yeah. <laughs> this is the best Corbin's looked in years. So what right. happens next with Baron is key. Like this is kind of reinvigorated him a little bit, but if mm-hmm. he keeps on jobbing out and maybe stays on NXT, it'll be interesting. Uh, I am so pleased Ilya Dragon. Ilya Dragunov is our champion, you know. Uh, there is no doubt. Respond in that regard. I just, he just bleeds just by being, you know. Like we talk about <laughs> other wrestlers, like just he's so intense, his veins just pop before he starts. Uh, he does need better opponents, but uh, obviously we know who his next opponent is. Before we get to that, what would you score the main event of Deadline? Yeah, I, was real, I think it was pretty good. I gave it four and a quarter. I, like you said, best match, one of the best matches, or just again, Corbin in general in NXT in this in this run have been really impressive. Like you said, I am looking forward to see does he eventually return to the main roster and is he actually going to be a threat, kind of like this in NXT, or like you said, is this, is this just going to be what he does? Is it going to be kind of like an Apollo Cruz situation <laughs> where after a while you were like, why are you even still here? You know what I mean? Yeah, and uh, well, now he's nowhere to be found. Hello. You know. So. It's everybody just like, <laughs> right. you again and just continues. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Do you just continue the cycle, you know, something? Or do you like join a tag team with Von Wagner? And I'm just like <laughs> confused right, you know or something. I, yeah. I saw Don Jack and Briggs maybe as a tag team early in the night. True. And I thought, True, yeah, too. Well, I, I saw that potential. But I was like, uh, why would you let Bri- Briggs leave the other guy just to join up with, with like, Dijak? But, generic hey, tool guys or something like that. <laughs> like, you know, come up with a name. Uh, but I, I gave it a four and a quarter as well. Like I said, Corbin, the problem is Corbin doesn't dish out. We talk about Dijak. You know, if Corbin had Dijak's moveset, moveset. Oh my goodness. punishment he could top. dish out, you know. But yeah. unfortunately, it's not like that. Um, predictions, though, we all went Ilya. Uh before we get to final scores, let's talk about the elephant in the room, as it was. So, Leo Dragunov knows that he is evil. He will face Trick Williams. I don't know what was more of a sign of things to come. Was was Trick coming out or Melo a couple of steps behind, looking like he's just about to take him out? 
<laughs> right. Yeah, I, I noticed it, man. I love the subtlety. When I watched it back, too, it, it wasn't just that he was about. It, it was also kind of like a subtle, like, because, and I was hoping, this is what I, this is, you know, again, I was hoping the crowd would notice it. But like, it seemed like maybe the crowd was just assuming, oh, maybe he's just coming to support Trick. But honestly, I think you're 100% right. I thought that was so expertly done, especially since they cut the black and the way they did it. And just, again, he's behind Trick Williams. Again, once again, Trick Williams. Doing his own thing, and and uh, uh, and he don't see he don't see what's behind him. It's a nice little subtle storytelling there, just with, with again without saying a word. And I, I, like you mentioned yesterday, Melo has been doing an awesome job of just telling stories with facial expression, telling stories with his actions and the way he's moving without necessarily saying what we already can kind of tell. You know, they're they're heading so. Yeah, man, I, I love the way that was done, and I just think that you're 100% right. I think at New Year's Eve, that will probably be, I think January 2nd, that will be when they finally pull the trigger. Now, how do they choose to do it? You know, do, uh, is it going to be an overt costing of the championship situation from Trick Williams, from Melo, or will it be like a video? Uh, will the video will NXT Anonymous have horrible timing and pop the video up in the middle of the match? No, or something, be, you know, like what what will happen? It's gonna be one of two things, right? First off, it'll either be a devil appears on the screen to Trick, right, and says to <laughs> right. him that he's gonna get him, or they literally do because again, everybody must remember Shawn Michaels and Triple H. When Shawn Michaels mm. put his, got his head put through the car, and he had the image of the right. guy who did it, and they slowly took away the <laughs> pixels, and it was Triple H. <laughs> it Just was Triple H. Yeah. Pe- people don't remember that, and people it, that will hit so big now. Uh, with, yeah. with Melo, like they, they've got to do something like that with Melo attacking Trick from behind, or something as well in, in ring, or maybe just yeah, straight up cost him his title. Because again, I think Trick can lose to the Dragonoff. And still come out pretty strong, you know. Because yeah. you know, like Ely and Trick would just be like, Ely would be like, "Oh, mate, remember when I battered you fucking four months ago?" <laughs> you know, <it's> like, <laughs> right, my mate. Then, but they've got a nice relationship. So yeah. again, respect. They have respect yeah. now. Yeah, it's something that you and could I, argue Mellow and Trick don't have. Ooh. Exactly, because that and that's the underlying element. You know, when Trick supported him all along the way, always held up Mellow to the highest regard. But when now Trick is in the front forefront, it's not the energy is not the same from Melo, you know. So and you like you said, respect a little bit of jealousy. It's a lot of that going on. That's that's basically the themes of this storyline. And I'm a hundred percent with you. It's like you know, uh, and also you know, again, I I will point out that Trick Williams's return did cost Melo in a title match. So Melo could just you know, it, like you said, it could be just completely overt. Like like you mentioned, so we'll see. I can't wait. They they have a lot of ways to do it. I'm with you. I think they. I think him and Trick and Dragonoff could still have the match. Trick and lose, and they can still do everything they need to do. And the uh, and the main thing I will be looking for from that title match is I'm looking for Trick Williams to be not just surprised. You know, when that first match happened, people were surprised at just how tough or just how good Trick Williams is uh, by comparison to Dragonoff. And I think this time. We need to actually be like, oh my God, he we thought he won. Like a good running knee spot or something yeah. that make it seem like Trick Williams had the championship in his grasp. And, you know, maybe Melo or maybe something else is the reason why, or just dragging off being just tough or too tough 
to to pull it off in the end. So yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to from that match and that contest. But I also want to also say this is a bold Trick Williams' uh, rise. As much as I would like to say it has a lot to do with his character work and just the music and everything, how everything has went into it. Got to give credit to that to the world champion because I feel like the matches and the stuff with Dragunov, the the fact that Trick Williams was not afraid to fight as hard as he possibly could against a guy as tough as Dragunov. That helped Trick Williams get to where he is now, too. So it's really cool, you know, to see these two guys starting off next year uh, with a uh, with a with a hopefully a really good special contest that I'm that that can continue where they left off. Yeah, I mean, like you talk about as well, you know, just to add to it, the fact of every big match Melo won, Trick was in his corner. And Trick yeah. has proven he doesn't need Melo in his he corner. He don't need Melo. To win the big <laughs> right. and, and again, the relationship with Leah, uh, with uh, how it even began with Trick, you know, wanting to be serious. It, like I said, there's a story there as well. My mm-hmm. only issue is hopefully Dragunov doesn't get lost in the story, in the story. of Trick and Melo. If that's what we're going for, stand and deliver. We need an opponent for Dragunov, you know. Right. And again, at this moment in time, I can't really think of one that stands out, you know. Like again, Dijak you're right. Again, or you know, it's I'm just... thinking maybe like maybe they do multi man. Like maybe you could, maybe you can include the world champion. But you're right; he would be an afterthought if they decide to do like Trick Mello, Dragunov, and insert someone else, or just you know what I mean. But I don't know. You're 100 percent right. It's right now. That they they are in need of uh, of another, you know, either uh, some someone like can you can, you're right like I can't even think of anybody who's a I big bad even heel. Someone like Carrion Cross choking. Yeah, out hell yeah. Off. Do you know what I mean? Hell After yeah. The track match or something like that. Like, it, yeah, and he was dominating NXT, so it would be yeah. a nice a nice yeah. It'd be a nice. That, I hundred percent agree. He'll be a good return. Like someone like that of that ilk uh, would be perfect. For this for this particular moment, because you know we need a test. That's another thing. I want someone physical too. Like let's let's get let's get another dragon off war. You know that's another thing too. You know as much as I like the Corbin story, like you mentioned, he's not the most physical in, in, when it comes to his in ring style. Like you say, he's just one of the safest in the company. So let, let's get someone who's gonna try to kill Dragon <laughs> like those dra- like those JD matches back in the day and stuff. Yeah, let's see what Ilya tries back. Uh, right predictions. <laughs> We talk about predictions for this. We have to mention it. We all went Ilya. So final score. Oh, man. Did we have to mention it? You sure we, we have finish, to mention it? We finish on two <laughs> out of seven, which has got to be the worst oh, score we've ever, ever. ever done. Oh, um, good. Jackson and Gina are your winners on three. What a pair of cunts. Uh, I'm sure they cheated. <laughs> Something happened, man. Yeah, they're not. Come on, say we got. I'm revoking my expert status for a week or two. Something, man. I got. We got. I got to do better. Like that. That was the next episode. Just that was painful. Be, and here's Monty. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Just some guy on the on the podcast talking. <laughs> uh, so it means. Shoot. The prediction leagues after deadline, like we know, Gina has got the league win in WWE. With AW one show left, uh, Jaxi Jones on four, Monty Gina on three. Bonus league with one bonus point left. This actually helps you, Monty. And I don't know how being so bad has helped, but it's guaranteed you a league win now. You're on 16 points with Gina joining me on 15. 15. What the fuck, guys? Like, WWE, that pissed me off because I was second for so long. 
And then Monty joined <laughs> me. And all of a sudden, Gina has us now. Jaxie's on 12. So what it means for the bonus league is that Gina and I need a perfect score at Wells End to tell Yeah. To, and Monty, yeah. what's scary is Gina's <sighs> capable. And you She's know capable. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Like, that's what I was mentioning. I'm like, I, I think... Yeah. Before the show and privately, I was letting you guys know. Like I'm, I'm frazzled. Like I know I, I know I'm at, still at the top, but like I don't, I don't want to tie. So, but at the same time, I, I, I doubt myself ever for booking a, getting an AEW perfect. Like getting an AEW show perfect for me, that's that's just out of the question nine times out of ten. But you're 100 percent right. Like Gina is perfectly capable of getting a perfect, tying this up, and just yeah, man, it. it I'm really hoping that Tony throws throws us for a loop and give us one of those 13 random match oh. cards or something. <laughs> or something. I don't know. I need some help because I don't want to. It'll be the tie. first AEW show with five matches. That's... <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. The fix is in if, it, if that's the case. <laughs> but again, it is, it is so close. The only thing is to sign the wow, WWE. Man. Uh, and like I said, even when we get to year and predictions. It still won't be decided until Wells end. Um, and again, I will say this now. It's come back to haunt me. But I've done this for eight years now, nine years. And not one year have I never lost at least one. I've, I've always won a league. So, so right. to be in this position at the moment of, yeah, it's it's scary. So I need... You're brushing up on your AEW? <laughs> oh, mate, the AW is all or nothing, double or nothing, as it was. Do you know what I mean? Like, it has to be. Right. I'm going to watch Collision on, on repeat. You're going to have me watching Rampage for a change. As irrelevant as that is. We'll both be going, where's Dark? Where's Dark and Elevation gone? Like, we're gonna... <laughs> right, uh, but yeah, Wells End is the show left. Back to the deadline. Oh, uh, we always yeah. do the three things to end the show. So match mm-hmm. of the night is the men's Iron Survivor, and like you said, Monty, definitely, it's put up there now with other W match types, uh, and this yeah. is something that could be going on for quite a while now. Right, I think I think this is this one was so well done. I think. Deadline in general, just the energy of it. Honestly, like you said, it felt like it should have been the last match. I don't know. I mean, I mean, honestly, this one was so good, so so done well that you know maybe in the future it will be the first and last match, a la you know like war games and uh, other situations. But uh, I don't know. Uh, like I said, this was uh, really really done well, and I just came away from the match. Not only enjoying the outcome and just the way they did everything, but you can't. I came away from the rest of the show. Even the Dragon Off match did not have that energy. As good as that that Dragon Off in the match was, it didn't have that same energy that we felt in that match. So yeah, man, this is just really well done. Definitely the match of the night. Yeah, one for one. I struggled with his MVP because I didn't want to just put like trick. Yeah, uh, right. I was thinking about Lash, and I do think. The, the the James from right this moment uh, would have an argument with the James back who didn't like Lash Legend because he's grown on me. But uh, again, it's that's why I love wrestling, and I've always said this to you as well. Well, my mm-hmm. opinion is always there to be changed for the right, you know, a hundred percent. And I, <laughs> it, yeah, no, and, and exactly. But that's wrestling, man. It's like sometimes it can go 
you can really like someone and you can be like, oh, goodness. You know what I'm saying? You know, you never know. Next year, you might be a Bruce Jensen fan. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe not. <laughs> I was right about Mojo Rawley. I was right about a few of them. But, you know. <laughs> I had to throw it out with it there. But no, yeah, I, I'm with you, man. Last Legend definitely was my MVP of that match, even with Blair. And you know what? That's the craziest thing about it. She was so good that Blair Davenport went and kind of almost went under the radar. Like, because you came away from that match thinking about the last legend spots. You know what I'm saying? So, and maybe Tiffany again, because she was awesome as always. But we we were used to that. Now, you just, I can't do anything but come away impressed with uh, last legend. And I'm going to give Axiom a a shout. I'm going to give Axiom a shout, too. Because, again, like I said, that match was so well done, even though it was a kickoff show match. Now I'm hoping that they actually try to build some type of babyface run for Axiom instead of just forgetting all about him. Because, again, he has the potential to be really, really – like I said, we liked him when he had no match, when he was a kid. I liked him even then. So I what? feel like he has the potential kids. to be great. <laughs> oh, oh, my fault. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. My fault. I haven't seen – you're right. We haven't seen a kid in a while. He's, we, he's missing, but <laughs> – That's what Vic did. He said on commentary as well. He's like, they've known each other for ages through other ways. And like, yeah, right. Yeah. Okay, uh-huh. <laughs> through other paths, different paths or something. Like, oh, okay, <laughs> uh, but I'm I'm gonna be biased because my MVP, my true MVP, is gonna be Tyler Bate because Tyler Bate showed in this match great. what he can do. You know, and I'm hoping next year. You know, I'm not asking for much, just a North American title run, then into NXT Championship, and then he can be the only man who's held every title in NXT UK and NXT, then move to the main roster. That's all I ask. Yeah, I'm I'm hearing whispers, by the way, that the last part, I don't know about those championships in NXT. I'm hearing whispers that the, the, the main roster is looking, that, that he, he's looking primed for that. So, like you said, it'd be nice to see if he, if he can get as much accomplished before he's there. But it's just like we mentioned with Ilya and Braun. He's the, he's, the, he's, the, he's the done deal, man. He's the finished product right now. He's ready. Without doubt. Uh, and finally, Len, so rating out of 10. Monty, for the last WWE event of the year, what are your thoughts? <clears throat> yeah, man, this is a very, very strong show. I mean, honestly, some of the best wrestling uh, of the year. And I think it was a very strong way for WWE and NXT to finish off uh, the year. And it just made, it, it gave me, we talked about this. I think, again, I'm going to go down memory lane once again, but we went, we went through a phase where they took the takeovers away. They didn't want to call it that. You know, going to the premium live event phase, and we were just a lot of times. A lot of times, even they were way they were decent, even in the 2.0 era. But this man, this felt like those black and gold days with the NXT chance and just a moment after a moment. You know, the energy was just great in that building. Like you said, you mentioned about the tickets and just and all of that, but it didn't feel that way in Connecticut. Like the people that were there really seemed to be into. The product, especially all like we mentioned with the Iron Survivors matches and everything leading up to that point, even the Dominic stuff and all of that type of stuff, and the, the kickoff match. Like I said, from the very beginning of the show, pretty much until Trick Williams won, they really seemed to be into it. But like I said, uh, I think overall I would give this show an eight and a half. I really, really enjoyed it. The only negatives, if you even want to call them negatives, even though I think they worked hard, like I said, the Roxanne, Kiana James, I'm just, again, I don't understand the Roxanne Perez booking. Now, I'm not really a fan of it. I think she should be booked just as strong 
as other women that's in the top tier of the women's division. And uh, when you have someone like Cora J returning and Nikita Lyons, it's like, man, Roxy, you know what I'm saying? Is she sliding down the ladder? The more the more women you bring down, bring up, like with Blair too, winning. Like you know, now you gotta kind of put Blair above her, and then of course Kiana when she when she picked up the win. So yeah, man, uh, that's probably the biggest minus. But even that was a solid, and I thought they worked hard, even if I didn't like the outcome. So. Yeah, man, I, I, this is a really, really strong show. I gave it eight and a half. Yeah, no, I got completely agree with you. I mean, again, you know, a couple of changes. If Wesley is the guy defoning Dom at the start of the show, that would have been True. the moment. That would have been even better, right. We would have remembered. Uh, to have Trick in the main event and then Elia coming out afterwards to stare him down maybe would have worked, but you probably wouldn't have had the mellow bit. But again, I still think the fans were there, as you mentioned, for Trick and that matchup. Um, but again, eight and a half. Like I said, NXT, it feels like there's so much opportunity now for so many wrestlers. And it's weird that we talk about Roxanne uh, and about going up and down, you know, from all the other wrestlers coming in. I'm hoping the same for the male division as well, especially with like, the breakout tournament. But of course, we'll um, talk a little bit more NXT, the year-end show, and kind of hopes for the following year, I think. But is there anything else about Deadline today, Monty? Um, no, I think this is that's pretty much it. Like I said, I think kudos to everyone. I think they worked hard. And again, I really I don't know if it's just because of the live events, but I just got to give everyone a lot of love for just for real the improvement and just the timing of everything and just how official everything feels. Like I said, as much as this is about the stars of the future, when they when they put on a premium live event, it feels like it's in the same vein of the pay, even the AEW pay-per-views, the Impact pay-per-views, WWE main roster pay-per-views, you know what I'm saying? Like, NXT is not lacking at all in any, way, in any area, in my opinion, in quality, if you ask me. No, and I think we deserve it, you know? So speaking of people that have sat <laughs> Definitely. stuff to get to this point now, and again, yeah. it shows the trust in NXT for WWE to have NXT be the last premium live event and not even a Tony D yeah. vignette. Did, did we even get a Tony D vignette? Yeah, we got a Tony, we got, we, we got a Tony D stacks kind of. We got a couple of weird videos during it, like Bobby Lashley. Uh, and, you know, oh, yeah, one of those things. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. We had yeah, like, one of Tony those D of like, look at our seat spaghetti. <laughs> uh, but I'm sure they'll, they'll sort something out. Uh, but we can worry right. about that next year. Uh, so that is Definitely. it. Don't forget, we've got all social media Twitter at the Dublin Podcast. I'm at the Dublin Jail. You can find the entire Dublin team. On the Twitter banner, Monty, do you want to plug your stuff? Yeah, like I said, mentioned uh, on the last episode, at my Monty Pod, we are returning next year on the Mind of Monty Podcast. Kind of a different format, but similar, because I will still be talking wrestling, but it just won't be so mainly wrestling focused. We're going to talk about life, my life, bring up some different scenarios, and just have, try to have more fun with the show, switch up the style. Please check it out. All my links are like in my bio at my monthly pod on Twitter. You can go to subscribe to YouTube. I'm going to try to post more clips there. You're going to try to get a little bit more active uh, as as uh, the new year come in. Try to get things going again. As uh, now that I've kind of hit the six month threshold as a father, things we're getting more of a routine. People we're getting sleep again. You know what I mean? Things are getting normal. Yeah. So. You know, I think uh, now it's time to dip my toe back completely back into uh, podcasting and doing what I love to do. So please check it out. Yeah, that's unfortunately the thing with the WNR. Like I said, the machine keeps going. 
So uh, to exactly, you know, after you've had time off, yeah, it's a bit of a stretch. But don't worry, because we're here as well. Double also on Facebook and Instagram. Across all Google platforms, send us an email: the double podcast at gmail.com. YouTube love podcast with latest clips and podcasts. Got the same time you should do SoundCloud on your phone. Also Spotify and iTunes where you can download, subscribe, rate and review there. So that is it. Our next episode, I've had this great idea, Monty. My next episode is going to be Impact Year End. You remember those old like year re- year in review WWF mm-hmm. videos from like 95 with like Doc Hendricks? Like, I'm going to do the Impact version of that. You know, <laughs> me going, this was a good match and trying to remember what happened in March. <laughs> But I, I promise people listening, it's going to be a great show. What is it's going to be, be a fun? lot of this guy debuted and that guy yeah. <laughs> returned. <laughs> Impact had a very exciting yeah. year in that, in that regard. We had a long year, without a doubt. Uh, yeah. But again, what's even more exciting, because we are in December, is we have got the Christmas special coming up with the ninth Yay. annual WNR Awards. Can you believe <sighs> I think these are your third or fourth, Monty. Like, my yeah. God. yeah these shows are always a lot of fun too you know so uh you know i I still think back to like the first one we had the first mass debates and all of that so yeah man this is this is gonna be this is gonna be good times i'm looking forward to it i'm pretty sure i I know you about masturbating on the 500 i forgot on the anniversary, you. right? Yeah, we got think think of something, man. I'm pretty sure we can argue about something. We do it for no reason anyway. <laughs> but yeah, man, I'm looking forward to it. It's always fun, man. And you always seem to be your creative genius when it comes to just just coming up with these things. Like if I could borrow your planning brain, sometimes I would I would probably be a better you know podcaster myself. <laughs> yeah, but. At least you've got a loving family. I'm alone. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, you know, negatives, positives. Uh, That's a good point. Out, <laughs> close out the year as well. Close out the year for the first time ever, because you know I love first time ever's. Part one of our year-end predictions. With well-done predictions. We're going to find out Ooh. the WWE points. But, of course, the bonus in the AW League can't be decided. But we'll have a catch-up with New Japan uh, and everything else then as well and nice. then we start the year and monty i swear to god the year just gonna go phew. we've got <laughs> Wrestle kingdom we've got yeah. rumble we've got so much coming up and of course lots of nxt vengeance new day year's as well evil. yeah new year's eve oh, i forgot about new year's evil fuck me uh so yeah we're gonna have a lot of fun but uh like i said <laughs> least you can have a little break now uh until like i said we all meet up at the christmas cottage uh and uh <laughs> Try some like, and we got we got Punk and Cody already talking about the Royal Rumble. Like I'm already looking forward to January, man. Like <laughs> we we got some exciting stuff coming, man. You thought this year was crazy in wrestling? It's like 2024 setting up to be just as crazy. And we've been on an amazing run. Like I said, me and you look at what we've done for the, for wrestling, man. We <laughs> Since we got together, like literally, like <laughs> wrestling was in a down state, and we've saved right. It. <laughs> not Us, double not like together. Single-handedly. Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, double-handedly. Uh, but again, <laughs> it's even like this weekend, Monty. I appreciate uh, you joining for my idea of doing a double. And again, I don't think right. the shows went too long either. So it's not like we're doing three and a half hour shows each day. Yeah. Uh, so I think this was pretty cool, and especially so soon after. You know, like we said, the oh, deadline yeah. is done. Uh, and we can move on now to the the year end special. Right, man. It was a breeze. It was a breeze. Always a good time. So, yeah, man. Can't wait. We got a 
finish this year off strong and go into another amazing whirlwind that that is pro wrestling. <laughs> without a shadow of a doubt. Till there'll be James Rollins Lot said I was joined by the mind of Monty. Thanks for listening, everybody. And um, bye. <laughs>